Hi, welcome back to Where We to See, a podcast created by Dipsy. I'm your host, Faye Keegan, and we're doing a really special episode today. We're going behind the scenes with our editorial lead, Olivia, to talk about the process of making this content together, making Wings of Winter. So let's get into it. Olivia, introduce yourself. Hi, I am Olivia. (laughs) Her name's Olivia. I'm Olivia, and I am the editorial lead, um, which means that I edit stories at Dipsy, but I had the unique pleasure of writing this story. That's true. Which is, you know, my origin, but was a little bit of a departure for this. I haven't been writing in a while. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Well, I think it was such a – we, like, work with tons of really great um, freelance writers to bring a lot of our content to life and to add our next episodes in beloved series. But when we're going from scratch like this one, we thought we had to kind of cook it in-house. Yeah. I do think it's nice to kind of, like, get a model of what we want to make before we ask someone to make it for us. Totally. You know, like once you have it, you can be like, can you deliver me something like this? But I'm like, I actually don't know what I want you to deliver me. Right. So I feel like the series was just sort of an exploration of like, what does high fantasy look like at, at Dipsy? Dipsy? And we decided so much violence. <laughs> More violence. <laughs> Definitely wings. Elves. Wings. Witches. Cruel kings. Cruel kings. Endless winter. Endless winter. Endless. I think this felt like maybe our biggest experiment yeah. Ever. But let's talk a bit about, like, why we made this in the first place. Yeah. Because we wanted to. <laughs> because we wanted to. <laughs> because freaks. we love fairies. Because <laughs> we wanted our fanfic to be public. <laughs> because every day I'm slacking being like, let's make fantasy content. I know. For like, so five good. years. Um, we also don't just make content based on what we want to make. But this was a case of it aligning with our interests. But there was data that people wanted fairies it's true well first of all obviously i feel like fantasy is generally having a moment if you look at like sjm and rebecca yaros and these books just like absolutely making waves it's not like it's just us saying this but fantasy and romanticy as a genre i feel like it's like just generally blowing up and breaking into the mainstream in a different way especially among women and women who listen to dipsy but it wasn't like our first time writing fantasy at all no the first fantasy we ever did was the greek mythology series forbidden fruit right well, I think that it depends how you count it, because I think we the first fantasy element we did was night school, okay. where we had vampire. Yes. That's definitely fantasy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not, Not real. Element. <laughs> first element, just full vampire. But it was like in the modern world. Like it was right, a contemporary right. storyline. Yes. But like we added a vampire character yeah. versus I think with Greek gods or with like full romanticy, like Wings of Winter, we're building all the rules of the entire universe. It's much right. easier to just like add a vampire layer to like a, basically a professor grad student romance. Totally. Like it's in some ways not different at all. Right. Like, it's just he's, amping up. It's like a little bit more dangerous. But I do think this was a challenging one because we sort of, we were testing a lot of things at once. Like it right. was our first time doing full fantasy it was our first time doing this, like, longer format style because these are, like, 20-minute episodes. Right. Which is very rare on the Dipsy app. And it was, like, a different, like, performance style. It was much more like an audiobook. And it has this, like, direct-to-listener audiobook kind of mashup style where you hear the whole thing from Rowan's perspective, like, as if he's telling the story back to the human in the future. Right. And so – when we we literally were like we could we had to just get something out there that people react to it because it didn't know if it was going to work at all. There were so many things to test at once, and then when it 
like immediately resonated with people, then we had to scramble for the next like seven episodes. <laughs> right. um, so I think that like four through ten were much more written in response like, oh, shit, we actually have to think here um, because we just didn't know if it was all going to work together. Right. I think one other element that was sort of unique about this was Dipsy is so – it's like a place of positivity, of safety, mm. of like consent, and obviously those things exist inside. No, like no jump scare as a Dipsy. It's no. Like, <laughs> even when we have tension of like – we'll do like – we'll play with tension of like cheating. We're like – but you know, they're basically broken up. <laughs> we, we keep trying to do infidelity stories, but – like, they are never actually cheating. We just don't want it to feel bad. Like, this is a good, positive environment we're trying to curate. But this series, I was looking back at the script this morning and reading the, like, opening paragraph. And they're, like, in this banquet hall, the father's dining hall. It's Rowan's, like, you know, it's like the last night before the, the games begin or whatever. And it's like, one might expect the mood to be jovial, but we all knew it for what it was. <laughs> Fattening before the slaughter. To have that word I know. in a story is, I feel like it just sort of like set it apart immediately as like we can really do anything here. Yeah. Which I think is also great because, I mean, I think there were some big swings. I think there were some misses, but it is resonating. I think ultimately like it's fun. It's good. Um, but I think it kind of like loosens us up in general in terms of content. I feel like we get so like, you know, set in our ways when <laughs> people could be getting fed. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, like it's a totally reasonable line in the universe. It's totally reasonable in fantasy. Like there's yeah. tons of violence in fantasy stories. Like we right. are trying to deliver on the genre, but like it is the first time we had any. It like forget like bad feelings. We had like full on like killing. I thought users and like listeners would be like, I'm so used to the safety of these other stories, and yeah. this is like so jarring. But I mean, people are not just consuming our content <laughs> they're not like existing in a vacuum yeah but i i do think that's also you know a pretty big difference for us and it's a big difference i think too of like obviously like we couldn't have you like casually having slaughter in like our modern universe like being <laughs> in course. fantasy gives us a lot of freedom which is like very exciting obviously but was uh, also very challenging to figure out like what how far are we going to go along these dimensions right and setting up kind of this like Hunger Games-esque, like, everyone has to make it through this gauntlet, which is a very common thing you see in fantasy. You have that right. in, like, Throne of Glass, for example, um, but also many other fantasy books. Helps us, like, create, like, a container for the violence that these people are all, like, just as dangerous to each other, which is a nice, like, high-stakes environment for some sex. <laughs> okay, question for you. Yeah. What is your favorite episode <laughs> of Wings of Winter? <laughs> for any reason. I think the first episode is very good. Yeah. Like, I think it has an interesting, like, introduction of the human character who's, like, a bit, like, wily. And you hear, like, Rowan's kind of, like, going through, like, the path of being kind of, like, cold, unfeeling, like, observer of her to, like, more and more. In I think it, like, is done well. I think yeah. you feel like you understand his character and this kind of, like, cold, immortal fae character and this, like, interesting little human character and, like, a little bit of intrigue. I think the last yeah. one we really wanted to do... So sometimes, like, when we have <clears throat> stuff like this, we have tropes that we want to hit. And we have, like, heavy ins inspiration, obviously. And I think we wanted to do, like, a really, like, like a taking care of you wounded totally. scene. Which we had never really done before. Yeah. So we had an opportunity to actually do, like, a taking care of everyone or, like, hurt scene. And then, like, that was, like, a really beautiful, like, dynamic to take into sex, I think. Like, this, like, caring right. adoration. Um, or, like, the context of the the non-sexual context and, like, sets up the sexual context well. Um, so I like the last one a lot, too. I like the whole, like, yeah. math thing. I thought it was really good. Yeah. 
How I mean, about you? What's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> quality wise, first and last, like storytelling wise, but sort of in terms of just the weirdness of what we do, the, probably the swamp. <laughs> The bog, bog episode. What was it called? The Shade Walker. I think it's called The Shade Walker, but it has that really like boggy art. Like I feel like I just call, I think of it as a swamp episode that, before I see the it. The bog, yeah. I think that that one was just, I think, well, listening to it and um, Kara did like this crazy echoey sound design. Kara's our audio producer. Our audio producer was just so, it was really fun because our stories have been in, like, the modern world. Like, hear, like, totally cave sounds. I was just cracking up and loved it. <laughs> and also, it was just, like... There know, would never be a dripping cave. Like, we got <laughs> like to do so dripping. many fun things. <laughs> totally, so good. Totally. I love that one. Oh, and I also love the, the winter training mm-hmm. episode where Hawthorne is training. is a great, like, a training montage sequence. Great trip. Yeah. We talk a lot about... um trope stacking which i'm not sure if that if we made that up if we made that up <laughs> tell you i feel like we just started, we do say it a lot we say it a lot but just being like in this kind of content the best thing is like more tropes like, right i feel like the like more you can layer on top of each other like when we were doing early fantasy research i was like on wattpad and found this story that was like vampire love triangle she's dating the werewolf and he's like her alpha bonded pair and he's a billionaire businessman yeah (laughs) they've made a pregnancy pact and i was like and that was like the most popular and i was like okay so more is more yeah um so we're gonna be needing to do more and we're like we're just gonna do a little vampire professor (laughs) (laughs) not enough not enough um but i do think the, like, best episodes, I think, are the ones that are really built upon some classic trope. Like, yeah. one bed at the inn, which we have to do at every single I know. Every fantasy, fantasy we've done it. Yeah. We did it in Moonshadow and we did it in this. I do love it. I love that trope. Yeah. Do you have a favorite micro trope? I think Enemies to Lovers is just a classic, awesome, like, hate you, love you thing. And I think, like, kind of, like, the touch her and die idea. Like, super, right. possess- like, you know what I mean? Like, it's individual, like, obsessive loyalty. <laughs> right. Well, it's, I think it's so interesting to try to figure out the balance of, like, tropes being what, like, drives a genre and, like, what you're familiar with and what you know and, like, why you might love it. But yeah. then also, like, when you investigate the trope the psychology behind it sometimes you want to turn away totally totally (laughs) like how do you do like a feminist take of somebody being so possessive over you they turn to kill other people yeah they kill other people but i think that's what's so great about fantasy is we can do stuff and be like we don't need you to imagine what this might look like I'm not recommending you do this. You do this. I'm not recommending, like, find men like this and no. date them. And they don't actually exist because this man is a fairy. <laughs> totally. I think it works so much better in fantasy. When we have, like, sex in our contemporary content that is, like, rougher, we, like, set things up so clearly. We're like, here is the safe word. Here is the totally. stakes of the relationship. Here's what they've agreed to. Whatever. But I think it's obviously great and also it's, like, both extremely effective hot content and also, like, good educational content. Totally. Um, But we don't have the same, like, rules for ourselves really in fantasy. No. I also think it's interesting – I was – because I was thinking about this this play this weekend in our content – how, like, 
sometimes an arc of a series, I think, can kind of model a relationship of, like, this is not so much the case in fantasy, I guess, but, like, early on in a series, having so many safeguards, having, like, Mm -hmm. so many check-ins about consent, especially if things are going to be rougher. And then as the series goes on, obviously, you still have those. But there's, like, more trust built, I think, with the audience and with the characters of, like, you actually know these people in the same way. Like, if you had a sexual partner, you're like, I know this person. Like, these things we do are, you know like normal for us um but i just think it's funny in the ways that sometimes you like can really over air totally (laughs) too much clarity too much much asking well i think what's interesting about like writing and editing a book which i have not done but i understand the basic process (laughs) (laughs) and then like what we're doing is like much more close to writing fan fiction in process yeah in that we don't like basically conceive of all like 20 episodes of hometown or like in this case 10 episodes of wings of winter and like write them and edit them and like replace and then launch them all like the most upfront we do for this it was really short because it was like basically a really big test and a big pilot for us right. sometimes we'll like upfront plan for five yeah but we want to like see how it lands with people before right. we like invest in like tons tons more content um, we want to like see what we can iterate and learn from. And so it is much more like reading fanfic where you're like, probably if like you went back to the end of like Manacled and then like edited the whole thing, it might just be a little different, but you're like releasing every week and it has that feel to it sometimes with us, which I think is, feels more like fanfic-y in terms right. of process than writing a book. And also it's like more about the individual episode experience or chapter experience. Like yeah. I feel like each one is kind of a world of its own. And if you're, you know, listening to content to feel turned on, it's like more important yeah. as well versus like I need this holistic experience of the book to make sense. Totally. Like as I listen to, you know, a long series of ours, I feel like I sort of forget what happened early on and that's fine because yeah. I'm like, I am here. <laughs> I'm in the ice castle. I am being healed. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I'm in the before. lavender salt bath. <laughs> I also think it's so much fun of the series making up words. That totally. was like, we went overboard, I think. A totally. long reflection. I was <laughs> like, must we make up words for pants? <laughs> <laughs> Also, everything is like battle leathers. I was like, everything's a leather. They're wearing like so much the animal, the animal product in this universe. I know, and everything is like it's not an apple; it's like a fire apple. Everything is a dash. I, that I was like so out of control with, but I was like, I don't know how else to like, make this feel like. A, I'd be like, oh, star apple tea. There we oh, go. like death saying. dragon. Yes, oh. Exactly. <laughs> Like moon acorn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even an acorn has to be a special. It has acorn. to be. Yeah, no moon acorn and acorn tea. No, co- I was like, there can't be coffee. I think they have I, to drink acorn tea. Another thing in this universe that I felt like we okay. I love Wings of Winter. I'm not. We just have to be critical of it because we're, Behind the scenes we're like literally trashing. giving bench trashing our own. We love it. No, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm like, where are the wings? Like I totally. feel like we're not sure. Are they always out? Are they? Yeah. Still- I feel like it's there's something a little grotesque about wings to me. Whoa. Like so maybe that's my microchip I like. Love wings. More wings. Wing reveal. Like to me, I'm like, are they made of flesh? <laughs> like it's a little upsetting to me. Like flesh stretched over bone <laughs> ligament. Totally. And I think that I came up against that while writing. But one really funny thing I also screenshotted from Slack. Was I sent you gut check? How do you feel about the character being named like Crystal Fire? <laughs> be like bad. <laughs> but I was like, hey, here's a list of like names for this series, and some of them that I have were first was Wings of Winter, 
first was winter, Realm of Wings and Winter, Realm of Winter and Stone, Fate and Fae, Fated, The Huntress, The Hundred Year Winter, Ice and Dagger, a lot of like ampersands. But you said, wow, haven't read the next script yet. I think if we do Wings of Winter, there should be wings. (laughs) (laughs) I totally love that, but haven't seen a wing. (laughs) Where are the wings? We can't call it Wings of Winter and not deliver on the wings. And there are wings in I feel like two. I added in wings. You did. I feel like I was like, that was like a suggestion. And I was this, like, where are the wings? He can get there by wing. I do feel like this also, yeah, you did when he like flies through the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, how did he get there? Of course, his wings. Wings. Uh, but also sometimes there's wings in the sex. Yes. And sometimes it's kind of. Sometimes it's not wing focused. It's not yeah, always no, about like, the wings. I feel like if it was always about the wings, it would be intense. I know. Yeah. Yeah, like, where, are they popping out? I know. Because I did have, I think the wings unfurl, using the word unfurl, like, a oh, hundred <laughs> times more in this past year. Every two, it's, two, every two, every two paragraphs. Everything's un- what's unfurling. unfurling. <laughs> everything's unfurling. But sometimes it, like, busts through the clothes. Yeah. Which is also sort of a microtrope in and of itself, like, the clothes being, like, ripped off. I know. But it's also sort of, you know, like, the um, the werewolves, like, busting out of their jeans. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do feel like some some universes deal with it where, like, the people who, like, shift, like, the werewolves are just, like, comfortable being naked, which gives you a lot of entree into sex. Right, right. And then there's some where it's, like, when they shift, the clothes just shift. Also, like, like the wings are popping out of their back. It's fucking Who's magic. Like, yeah. they're turning into a hawk. Like, it's, we don't, totally. we're, like, constrained by reality. <laughs> I do think that's why the werewolf thing is so funny. It's, like, so, like, it's so at the bridge of... The mortal world and totally. immortal, like, unnecessary. Totally. And totally. also just, like, jeans popping off. Constantly, like, appearing places naked, I feel like. It's just, it's like, it's, like totally. just storytelling-wise, you get sick of being like, okay, he's going to run through the forest, get this meeting, oh, fuck, he's naked when he gets there. It's like, someone's going to throw him a coat <laughs> yeah, before he starts talking. Like, it just becomes cumbersome. Extra... <laughs> yeah, it's like, I do think you sort of, like, write yourself into things, though, that you're then, like, I wish I never had Started this detail this problem, in yeah. here. Like, I'm just going to maybe pretend that I didn't make this rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I actually do think that fantasy in particular was making me realize, like, there are a lot of things that I think are hard to write with other people, mm-hmm. like writing a sort of a solitary thing and then even editor, obviously. But I was like, I think you really could co-write fantasy. Like, yeah. I feel like you can have one person do the first draft and then you're like, okay, can you, like, layer this with more? And I, I think because it is less, like, craft-focused or so... Not that it's not a craft, but you know what I mean? It's less There's like, more elements to keep track of, too. It's, like, totally. helpful to have somebody else looking at it. Totally. Whereas, like, when we're writing, like, another, you know, like, James lecture me, like, hook up in a library scene, awesome to collab on it. But it's, like, one person's opinion is probably enough opinions. Where this was, like, you'd leave a note, like, quote, magic sex, question mark? <laughs> like, quote, wing play? Like, big questions to yeah. answer. And so having someone else there to help was really, really fun. We at Zipsy had an absolute blast making this series. We had an absolute blast sharing it with you on this podcast. We have many more hot, spicy fantasy series like this, and many that are really different. Uh, Many that include no fey and no battles and no Rowan at all. If you want 30 days free to explore all the Dipsy Library has to offer, you can use code ROMANTICY at dipsystories.com. That's D-I-P-S-E-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S.com slash romanticy. Tune in next week because we are going to drop a whole new romanticy series for you. I'm going to have to wait to tell you all about it till then. So tune in next week to hear the next series from Dipsy.